0: Welcome to another episode of Yeah, I'm working on it. If you notice, it's just me, your host Wayne Cornwell, today. Um, we're actually gonna change the format up of this podcast a little bit. Um, you know, the the original vision I had for this podcast was really helping men with mental and spiritual health, and um, you know, just it, it, those are some things that, uh, especially mental health, something I struggle with day to day. Spiritual health is something I, I, I honestly, um, I don't struggle with. Um, but it's something that's a discipline of mine, and um, it has served me well uh, as a as a man, a leader of my home, um, a a family of God member, you know, things like that. So, um, what what we're gonna do on this podcast is uh, really just narrow down the focus a little bit, uh, talk one subject at a time, um, not really flood the airwaves, so to speak. So. Um, this week we're going to talk about family. Um, the, uh, the title of this is my family dot, dot, dot. Right. And really, uh, what stemmed from this is in our uh, home church in, uh, Texas, uh, we're coming out of a really awesome season of, of blessings. You know, we are having many marriages come through this, you know, this year, you know, a lot of it has to do with COVID, um, a lot of delays, things like that, but just, just, this is the time, right? Um, a lot of births again, um, one of those byproducts of a quarantine, you know, um, and then just overall blessings for our, our family. Uh, so, you know, what, what did I want to get this message out? I, my, my, I wrote down what is called a declarative statement, right? And, uh, it all stemmed from kind of a text message that I sent my wife later, you know, earlier in the year. Uh, I said, you know, God created the family, and the family is the strongest unit. Some would argue that, right? Um, but I would argue, I would rebuttal right back and say, hey, that was the original plan. You know, after God created the heavens, the earth, the, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and he created man, he saw that man should not be alone he created a woman and boom right there in the garden of eden there was a marriage that's that's the start of a family right uh, we're we're going to we're going to go through we're going to dissect what is the family what's the role of family what how is god to be in the center of a family uh, and that's the real question i want people to ask themselves during this recording is is god the center of your family um, you know it's a hard question for sure Uh, But I think it's one that if you're, if you are in a walk with the Lord and you are trying to, trying to strengthen that relationship with God or become more of a disciple for him, what are we looking for in our family to justify or not justify, but to glorify Christ, right? Those are, those are, it's a big question. Uh, So let's start at the beginning um, with marriage. Uh, I honestly remember the day that I was getting married. I went, I was in a courtyard in, in Beaumont, Texas. It was the night before I was getting married. All my friends were downstairs partying in the pool. Um, and they were like, Hey man, go get your swimsuit on. It's time, it's time to play. And I was like, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go upstairs. I'm gonna kind of reflect. Right. And, um, I remember sitting down in the, the recliner chair that was in my room and I just felt like I stared off into space for hours, you know, and I wasn't getting married until like six o'clock the next day, you know, I, it was probably a good 24 hours away uh, and I just sat there in the hotel room just pondering on what my life had been, where it was going and I couldn't help to think of that God had sent me, my wife, to save me. And I know that sounds kind of ridiculous, right? Um, and in this worldly view of things, it, it kind of does. Like, marriage is just one of those things that you do. Uh, honestly, I feel like marriage has become more of a fad because you want a big party and you want a big reception. But if we look at it biblically, marriage is the saving of a man, right? Right? If we look at Genesis 2, 18, you know, the Lord said, then the Lord said, it is not good for the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Even God recognized that man alone is not a good thing. Um, and I can tell you in my singleness, I definitely did not do what Paul said. Uh, I ran around smoking dope, doing drugs. um, partying. I was, I idolater. Um, you know, I, I put a lot of things before Christ. I, I honestly didn't even recognize Christ was in my life for a long period of time. But the main thing that I sat there and pondered on in that chair was God sent me Cali to save me. So let's, let's fast forward a little bit to uh, a recent friend of mine. His name is Dylan Tidlaka. Um, he just got married to my friend, my, my wife's lifelong best friend, Carrie. Um, you know, I was sitting here, I was, I think I was playing a video game the night before their wedding. We just got done with Dylan and Carrie's dress rehearsal. Um, wonderful time, you know, got to meet a lot of his family, uh, knew a lot of Carrie's family already. Um, and we went to dinner, had a wonderful dinner, and then we sat down at home, and me and my wife kind of, you know, we recollected on our marriage, you know, our rehearsal day and how we didn't remember anything about it, but, you know, I, uh, I was sitting here, I, was, I think I was watching a documentary or playing a video game or, or something. It was like 1045, and that night, something told me, stop what you're doing text Dylan and just share what's on your heart. So I text Dylan at like 1045 and I said, Hey man, you know, a lot of people tell you that this is the biggest day of your life. Um, you've probably heard a lot of jokes around. Oh yeah. Don't do it. Turn around. Go (laughs) the other way. I said, I, I personally, you know, I don't like those jokes. Um, it's not biblical. Uh, I mean, it's it's banter, right? But in a spiritual relationship, I would say that if you're telling somebody to run away, that your your answer to the question at hand of is God the center of your family it would probably be a no. If you're telling somebody to run away from marriage, but you know, I, I didn't go into all that in the text message. I just said, hey, you know, God sent you, Carrie. To save you, you you may not know what from, you you may not know why, right away. It took me a couple of years to recognize why God sent me Callie. I had recognized right off the bat in that hotel room that I was being saved, but I didn't know what from. I didn't know what monsters were in my closet. I, I didn't I didn't know, but I knew why I was getting married. And I told him I said, look. You're getting saved. It was God's plan all along for man to not be alone. We we are not designed to do this life alone. So, you know, I I go into, you know, after Genesis, you know, we, we, we've identified that God recognized, hey, man shouldn't be alone. This is not good for a, a person in solitude, you know. So what are, what are we to do? We're supposed to go out to the world, glorify God, and most importantly, find somebody to share this life with in a godly manner, right? So Proverbs 1822, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Again, it's a good thing that you're getting married, that you're starting a family as long as Christ is in the center of it, right? So, that, and it goes back to the overall thing. This is the overall plan for the family. It starts with the marriage. It starts with two people falling in love. You know, you go to Corinthians, for the greatest of all these is love. Love is what binds this marriage, right? But Christ should be in the center of it. That's what makes it everything permissible in a marriage is Christ, right? So we, uh, when, um, we were starting our family, um, when we were starting our family, when we were starting our family, I can tell you, um, you know, Christ was in the center of my wife's heart, but definitely not in mine. Um, I sweated every time I went through the church doors. Um, and the only reason I did go is because she made me. I can tell you uh, a few years before our son was mar- uh, born, I-, I was struggling with a lot of anger issues. Uh, I, had, I had anger issues most of my life. But the one thing that devastated me the most is we got in an argument and my wife dead looked me in the eyes and said, I am not going to have kids with you. And I know y'all have heard this story many times, but let me tell you, this is the most devastating story I have to tell. I am married with this woman that I utterly love the most in the world and she looks at me and says I don't want to have kids with you because I don't want to bring them up into a world like this. That's why I made another statement in my in my notes here that I said but if God's not the center or doesn't become the center then you're on you're going to be on a road to destruction. If God's the one who designed the plan, that means he also took an account of everything that's gonna happen if you don't follow the plan. So that's the most important thing. If God's not the center of your marriage, at this moment, it's no different than being saved. If God's not the center, he can very much become the center. It's, it's like being saved as a person. You know, we all, we all have a testimony. We all have a journey. Some are more complex. Some are not. But it all comes down to Christ working on the inside of your heart, or in this case, in the inside of your marriage, to bless it, to ordain it, and for him to be in the center of it. You know, where I work, I call, um, you know, I, I work with salespeople, and In inside and outside sales. And one thing I tell my, my folks a lot is, you know, there's a customer service triangle. The, the customer's at the top. The outside sales is, let's say, on the bottom left. And the inside sales is on the bottom right. The further apart you are from the inside and outside sales, the further apart you are from the customer right you start to form a, a straight line to where you're literally the furthest point away from each other and, and guess he falls through the middle at that point if you start pushing that foundation away the top will implode but the closer that you become it's a straight line to the customer so let's take away the outside and the inside sales. And let's use the husband and the wife and God. If God's at the top and the closer the husband and the wife are together in a marriage with God as the center. There's more of a straight line from the husband and the wife in a family to God, man, I'm going to pick on you for a little bit. I mean, after all, this is a man's podcast, of how to strengthen your mental and spiritual well-being. So I'm going to go into Ephesians 5.25. As for husbands, love your wives just like Christ loved the church, and he gave himself for her. It's simple. It's that simple. Now, you're saying, oh, yeah, right, like Christ loved the church. Let me tell you guys. Christ loved the church with all his heart, might, soul, spirit, every day, of every minute. Much like the word tells us that we should be enveloped in Scripture all day, all night, when you're walking, while you're sitting. That that's a lot of time, and for Christ to love the church so much that he. That he gave his life for our sins, that that's the ultimate servant, the ultimate sacrifice, right there. Do we love our wives that much? That's what we have to look at. Are you taking advantage of your wife? Do you, do you love her? Do you, do you show you? Do you show her that you love her? Do you at least tell her, husbands? I you know I hate to break it to you, but in this grand scheme, in this grand design. You're, you're the head of the house. You're, you're the man. You know, a lot of men, you know, we, we, we joked. yeah, this is my castle. It truly is in the eyes of the Lord. You're supposed to love your wife like Christ loved the church. Christ gave his life for the church. And the church isn't a building. It's a body of believers, right? Christ gave his life for all of mankind's sin. That's how much he loved us. If we don't love our wives the way that Jesus loves us, we're doomed to fail in that marriage. I can tell you without a doubt every day that when my wife gets ready for work and she walks out that door, I say a quick prayer. God, please get her to work safely. I love her and I don't know what I would do without her. We joke around our kitchen table all the time that if something were to happen to her, I wouldn't know how to pay the electricity bill. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. I don't I don't know how to do any of that. I I just see the I just see the statement. Okay, yeah, we paid it. We're good. But are we are we taking advantage of our spouse? You know, th- those are some questions that we have to ask. And men it, I, I pick on us because we're usually the emotional, 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 emotionless people. I I don't have that trait. I'm a very emotional filled person. I I get upset, I get happy, I get rambunctious, um, I get goofy, you know, on a, on a whim. But I I can tell you, mo- most guys just bottle things away. We don't want to talk about it. We just pretend like everything's fine. And out of nowhere, boom, it's like a time bomb. It blows up and it's gone way over what it should have been. Talk to your spouse. If you love them, you will talk to them. You'll share things with them. I mean, they're your spouse. There's plenty of scripture in there about a father loving his kids, a father loving his wife, for a father serving the Lord. We're going to get there. But let me tell you, let me put things in perspective for you about your wives. That's the ultimate creation. The ultimate creation. You know, a lot of people laugh when I, when I say that. God created the heavens and the earth, the winds and the seas, the grass in which we walk on, the birds in the sky, the beasts that roam the earth. And then he created man from dust, right? Like a potter molded clay. And then again, going back to Genesis 2, 18, he saw, then the Lord said, it is not good for man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So what does he do? He puts Adam to sleep, pulls a rib from Adam and creates Eve, the ultimate creation. Guys, I I don't know how to tell you that she was it she's she's the apex of creation god saw that man should not be alone and create a companion for us again that's how much he loved us he created a companion so we wouldn't have to go through our trials and tribulations alone and yet i see countless countless deeds witness deeds of men disrespecting their wives of Shoving them aside like they're some piece of furniture, guys. Th- this is literally the great one of the greatest gifts that God has given us is our spouse, and He did it to save us from solidarity. To again, to go through our trials and tribulations with somebody to be there to love us, to care for us, and again, I. I see men just, eh, whatever. What does that woman know? She's just a woman. I don't know, fellas. I I can't get behind the boat on that one. That's, um, that's a bold statement to talk to the apex of creation like they're nothing. So, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of scripture about how a, you know, a marriage should work and you know, the, the man is the head of the house. We've gone over a little bit of that. Um, and my favorite is, you know, the woman should submit to man. Um, let me tell you, I think that's taken out of context a lot. Um, it It's not in all things. Women should not submit to everything to, to, to their husband, right? It's submit but equal. Like you are equal partners in this relationship me and my wife have a saying we're not 50-50 to make up 100%. We're 100% in and she's 100% in. There's not a 50-50 split here. We're you know, we submit to each other. You know, um wives are supposed to submit to their husbands because the husband is the head of the household. That that's scripture, scriptural, right? But not if it leads them out of the Lord. Let me tell you If I told my wife to go rob a bank, well, that's breaking the commandment. Thou shalt not steal. I'm leading my wife now out of the Lord. That's not scriptural. That's not a submission. Okay? But I can tell you guys, if your wife is living a scriptural life and submitting to the head of the house, then guess what? Men are supposed to submit to God. It says, you know, it says it all in the Bible. The man is the head of the house. It says it right here. We'll go back to, we'll go back to Ephesians 5.25. As for husbands, love your wives just like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Guys, you're talking about Jesus Christ, the ultimate servant. Man who came here not to be served, but to serve many and sacrifice for all. We're, we're supposed to model our lives after Jesus Christ, which means that we're the ultimate servant. That this is the hard part, right? Is we want, we when it says submit, we can't just go, "Yeah, I'm the the head of the castle, do whatever I want." <sighs> Doesn't work that way. If we're asking for submission, we better be submitting. That's how it works. But let's let's move past. Let's move into the the aftermath of marriage, right? And for some this is not the path that you go and it's certainly okay. Um, but the natural progression through marriage is to be fruitful and to multiply, um, having children. Um, I did a whole father's day sermon on being a dad, uh, and how to be a godly father. And, uh, I did it last June. So just about a year ago, it's on YouTube. You can go check it out. Um, It's uh, First Baptist Finette. Um, I think it's Father's Day Sermon. Um, Just look for the the bigger guy in the blue shirt. That's me. June 2020, around there. Um, But, you know, and I I openly joke about being an expert because I was a father for two years. Well, I can really say that I'm an expert now. It's been three years. My son is now three we are past the terrible twos, and I have twin girls on the way. Yeah, twin girls. Life is about to change, but I want to point to a verse here. Psalms 127, 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Now, we can interchange heritage with some things, so I you know the i think my uh, new my NIV version says behold children are a blessing from the lord and i can tell you guys one of the most miraculous things that are ever going to happen is when you and your spouse decide that it is time to grow your family i can i can honestly remember everything that ran through my brain the minute I held my son, like my heart was calm, my soul calmed down, anger and anxiety just fled from my inner being like, like a thief in the night, just gone. But let me tell you to get there, I had to put Christ in the middle of my marriage. And again, going back to my story, my wife looked at me and said, I don't want to have kids with you. How devastating. How devastating. I mean, I sat there and just cried. And guys, it's okay to cry. I'm just gonna point that out. But I cried and I cried and I cried because I knew I was not living a godly life. I wasn't making him the sinner. I wasn't serving him. I wasn't living a Christ like life. And trust me, guys, I still struggle with it day to day. Everybody will. You're not perfect. You're not Jesus. But the whole point is to repent your sins and just go with it with a gazelle-like intensity and really live for Christ. So, I had to enroll in therapy. Um, and Guys, we'll, we'll do a whole podcast over therapy. Uh, I think it's very overlooked with men. Um, it's one of those things that a lot of people look down upon it. They don't understand it. And I was certainly one of those guys. I remember flat out cussing my wife up one side and down the other when she suggested that I should go to anger management. I said some very unholy things, um, but the gist of it was I didn't believe that somebody could sit, you could talk to somebody and it all just go away. That I didn't believe that that's the way it worked. Well, let me tell you guys, that's exactly how it works. It's amazing. It's like there's some magician in there. They you sit on their couch and you talk to him and poof. You're like, "Man, that was fantastic." But I had to go through that gate to get to being a father. And let me tell you, guys, I am called to be a dad. I I don't know I don't know of another thing on this earth that I could be as good at and we're, we're going to go into raising your children, right? Um, Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So what is that saying? Don't discourage your kids. Don't do it. You know, I see a lot of dads who poke, 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 poke the bear, so to speak. And then they've, smack their kid for getting in trouble I'm like dude you just were doing this thing to them and the minute that they mimic the same behavior they're in trouble that that's crazy you're you're exasperating them you're 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 making them discouraged and the one thing that we don't want to do is we don't want to discourage them in their faith train them up my 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 favorite thing I heard was Men are ordained pastors the day they become a father. you're like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. See, that's that part of the head of the household. Is head of the household also means that you are the leader of spiritualness in your family. And, And trust me, fellas, I was not there. When I got married to my wife, she could... I mean, she could rattle off scripture after scripture after scripture. And I'd be like, wait, 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 what, what, what book is that? What, what, what chapter were you on? It's a duty. It's a, it's a big duty that if we're trying to walk a godly life as being a father, we have got to train them in the ways of the Lord. Yeah, my favorite game I like to say is called the watch me game. You know, you're sitting out back enjoying the day. Your kids come up and say, Daddy, watch me, watch me, Daddy, watch me. And you're like, okay. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. What if we reverse that? Right? And we said, hey, buddy, watch me. Watch me love your mother. Watch me read my scripture every night. Or in the morning. Hey buddy, watch me watch me pray. Watch me resolve conflict in a godly manner. Watch me through my business practices. If you have adult children, reverse the roles and let them watch you. Cause again, if God is the center of your life, then you will show your children how to live according to scripture. So we wrap that all up. We have a marriage, we have kids. Now we have a, we have a family, and again, it's the strongest unit God ever made. So, what does that mean? The Strongest unit that God ever made. So, I, I can tell you from personal experience. Here I am, sitting in the in the in the recovery room. My wife's asleep. I'm holding Jarrett, and this is like maybe day two. It's on a sat. It's on a maybe. Yeah, maybe day two in the hospital. It was Saturday. I remember the Buckeyes were playing. And a lot of y'all don't know me very well, but the Ohio State Buckeyes is my favorite college sports team. You know, we we take it very seriously when they lose. And uh, the first time I'm holding Jarrett, they lost. They lost to Iowa. And I'm sitting here going, man, I can't tell you the last time that they lost. But something told me, you know, normally... Before Christ, fellas, trust me, I'd take it so seriously on a football game. I'd have thrown something. I'd have probably broke something. Uh, I would run out get drunk, um, badgered my team, badgered the coach. Um, you know, I don't even live in Ohio. These people would have no idea what I was upset about. Um, but I just remember looking at my son and saying, man, it's just a game. You're what is, what is most important. And trust me, fellas, it's a struggle to get to that point. You know, a lot of dads don't have that connection. They they, they just look and see, oh, man, here's this thing that I got to take care of. Man, it's much more than that. You know, if God created us in his image, God created your son or daughter in his image as well. Your kids are a lot more than just something to take care of. I mean, it's not a puppy dog. We don't just get to feed it, clothe it, bathe it. Water it. This is a big responsibility. But that's where Christ has to be the center of your family. It's the ultimate small group. The strongest unity that God created. And you know, that's like a big movement in the church these days. We're trying to go back to small groups. You hear that a lot in the church community. Small group. We're in a small group. A small Bible study. Uh, a, A small girls night group. Um, you know, a men's breakfast with a few guys, anybody stop to think that the family is the ultimate small group where husband and wife get to demonstrate to their kids and to show their kids and to teach their kids the way the Lord, you know, in Romans 15, five through six, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. In accord with Jesus Christ, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this is a prayer from Paul urging the house, churches, in Rome to unite to best serve God. Why, why unite? Can't we do this alone? Paul certainly addresses that in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. But guess what? We weren't meant to do this alone. Yeah, I mean, you can. It's hard. Oh boy, it's hard. And Paul says right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 do this unless you're tempted, unless you have great self control. Let me tell you, fellas, I didn't have great self control, my life spiraled. way out, gone, before I had my spouse, and before I had kids. Family is the strongest unity there is. You know, a long time ago, when I was in Boy Scouts, we were taught the power of a troop, and uh, basically, it was was a task management uh, leadership thing, right? Uh, The power of one versus the power of many, and you a lot of you have probably seen this, heard it, but you go in the woods and you grab a twig and then you grab, uh, probably 10, 12 twigs, right? And then the person says, Hey, take the one twig and break it. That's easy. It's probably the easiest thing you're going to do all day. And he says, okay, pick up these 19 to 20 twigs, put them all together. Now try to break that. And it's hard. You, you, you physically, you're like you're struggling with it. You can't, you can't even get it. But maybe one on the outside snaps. Again, unity, the family, unified and glorified under God, is unbreakable. It's absolutely unbreakable because it's His design. Put God first in your life. Put God first in your marriage. And put God first in your home. 1 Corinthians 12.12 12, For just as the body is one. And has many members. All of the members of the body. Though many. Are one body. So it is with Christ. Now this analogy. Um, it's not I'm taking out of context. It's literally talking about. The body of Christ. But if we look at it as a unity in the family, you have your son, daughter, brother, sister, husband, wife. They're all independent, right? They all do their own thing. You know, we're we're not sitting in the living room together all day, every day. You know, they go off to school. They have their own cliques. They have their own thing. But when they come together, that's when we should be uniting and that's when we should be glorifying God. Is together as a family. Sitting at the dinner table. Praying together. Turn off the phones. Social media can wait. Sitting there talking about your day. Finding out what was going on. Having a board game night. I know it sounds cheesy. But guys, those are the memories. And those are the the things that you're going to want. Especially in this cruel world that we're living in today. Yeah, your kids are getting junk filled through through snapchat through f- facebook through instagram trust me i'm on all these things i see what's coming out of it and you're endorsing it and having it there at your dinner table one of the most special places in your whole house Oh uh, they're just kids no these are your kids You've got to protect them. This is your family. Unity in family. Through your immediate family. Through your extended family. Through your church family. And beyond. Into the family of God. Again, it's the strongest unit God created. We should take that. As for what it is. We should strengthen it. We should definitely pray on it something that we should come up with our prayers almost every time you get on your knees is for Christ to strengthen your family to become more the center of it but again you know like Joshua says for me in my house starts with the man recognize that you've been given gifts from the God first your spouse then your kids thank God every day that you have a breath to breathe that you have dinner on the on the table for your kids. And if you don't have dinner on the table for your kids. Pray to God that he provides for you. I I know these talks make it sound simple. And it's probably the hardest thing that a man will ever have to endure. Is being responsible for the spiritual well-being. And the physical well-being of his household. But let me tell you guys. If you put your faith in the Lord, you won't fail. The Lord, God, is going to do what he has to do for your family. You just have to cast those worries up to him. But to not have him as the center, to not have him as the anchor or the foundation of your family, well, if that's not the case, then you're going to float astray. You're never going to set down a firm foundation again like i said earlier you'll walk in a path of destruction if god's not the light that molds the way for your path satan certainly can sniff you out and he will and he'll take those temptations and he will use them against you he'll make you succumb oh yeah i've been guilty of it Everybody who's listening on this podcast has been guilty of Satan coming along and like a thief in the night. Like a lion on the prowl. It's easier than you think. But if you're centered in Christ, if God is the center of your universe, of your marriage, of your kids' lives, of the church life, then Satan is fearful of you when you wake up. So again, put God first in your life, put God first in your marriage, and put God first in your home. Thank you guys. I, I do appreciate you hanging out with this podcast. Um, it is certainly something that is it weighs heavy on my heart. Uh, I do see a lot of uh, a lot of men out there uh, struggling to be a father, struggling to be a husband, um, and I'm certainly here to listen to you. So if you have, um anything that you would like to talk about, um, you can drop me an email. My email is Wayne J Cornwell at gmail.com. I will certainly love to take the opportunity to talk to you, um, get to know you a little bit, uh, and help you with whatever struggle you are, uh, going through scripturally or mentally. Um, you know, I, I'm certainly not a doctor by any means. Um, my great physician is Jesus Christ. Uh, And there's a lot in this book we call the Bible that can help us with our daily struggles. So again, uh, if you want to reach out to me, by all means, I check my email all the time. So um, thank you again, guys. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of, yeah, I'm working on it.